Double S. You already know. Get to the bag, man. Stay true. I see a big bag, so I stay in heaven's pursuit Don't get mad just cause I'm in heaven's pursuit I got nothing better to do but to be in heavy pursuit You light in the pockets, allergic to this heavy pursuit I show you how to hunt Man, what you looking for? A house on a hill, somewhere to chill Kick your feet up, roll some weed up Man, don't let your coffee spill What you looking for? 4G Auto, what's the motto? Keep your foot on top of that gas Man, nobody in this world can stop you What you looking for? Rock top models, popping them bottles VIP status, nice like Gladys Like Kodak, man, please no blocking What you looking for? One at a time, two at a time I ain't even got the time To simply get money time I see a big bag, so I stay Stay in heavy pursuit. Don't get mad just cause I'm in heavy pursuit. I got nothing better to do but to be in heavy pursuit. You light in the pockets, allergic to this heavy pursuit. I see a big bag, so I stay in heavy pursuit. Don't get mad just cause I'm in heavy pursuit. I got nothing better to do but to be in heavy pursuit. You light in the pockets, allergic to this heavy pursuit. Hey, man, what you looking for? Somewhere to work, somewhere to go when your feelings get hurt. I only thought I was trying to get under that skirt. Damn, what you looking for? Unexpected, don't regret it, man. Embrace it, face it with a smile. How you like me now? What you looking for? Long vacation, sweet escaping, man. That trip to the Bahamas turned me to an alcoholic. What you looking for? One at a time, two at a time. I ain't even got the time. It's simply get money time. Yeah, big bag, so I stay in heavy pursuit. Don't get mad just cause I'm in heavy pursuit. I got nothing better to do but to be in heavy pursuit. Be light in the pockets, allergic to this heavy pursuit. I show you how to hunt. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Welcome to the Male Reasoning Podcast. My name is James. I'm here with Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's been an interesting week, you know. A lot has happened, footballing-wise, in the news. A lot of backlash from the podcast. So, oh, um, wow. Uh-oh. And I'm just here. Uh-oh. Well, well first, before we get into anything, I want to start off on a positive note. Because right now, I'm drinking some really good tea, like some really, 
really good tea. Are you a tea person? Uh, not a big tea person. I tend to drink uh, peppermint sometimes, mm. or lemon, ginger, but that's about it for tea. What, what about some like? Uh, w- w- would you be open to trying uh, like different type of tea, like like cinnamon spice and all these type of different flavors? I'm not really into those flavors. Um, oh. I kind of stick with what I know works and what what does the trick. So. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, right now I'm drinking some uh, hot cinnamon spice by, uh, I mean, hopefully if we give the name, hopefully they sponsor us one of these days, Harney and Sons Tea. Really, really good. It comes in this like really fancy orange box and, you know, it just looks all royal and exquisite and, you know, I'm a tea person. So, yeah, well, that's out of the way. Let's 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 really really begin. <laughs> right ahead. What do you have? What's going on? Oh my goodness! I'm telling you, like sporting wise, right? Like I'm I I, I don't know if um you know any of our listeners who are football fans. Again, as we say, whenever we talk about football, we're talking about you know soccer for every, anybody who you know. But we're talking about football, all right? I'm probably not going to say this any time again. If we're saying football, we're saying football, right? So anyhow, my team, my team, FC Barcelona, right? I'm telling you, it's just the things that are going on. It's really like a 2020 type of year. Like the things that I'm seeing, I'm just like, what is happening? All right? First, we have our, our you know, our player, Suarez. He's leaving, right? And I was like, all right, cool, you know? I get it. He's he's older. He wants to leave. It was just like literally one thing after the other. It's like days of our lives going on at the club. I mean, you know, first you had you know, he was going to leave. Then he was going to supposed to go to um, uh, Juve. And when he was supposed to go, he's supposed to take a test to, to get the Italian passport so he can play in Juventus. Right. He goes to do it. And then what the news is coming out and saying is that he cheated, right? Whoa, that's a big allegation. That's there. what they're saying. They're saying he doesn't speak speak a lick of Italian. He doesn't, like, I think they said he got, like, everything right or the, he got all the answers correct. And I'm just like, maybe he studied really hard, right? So <laughs> they're saying he cheated on the test. Somebody gave him the answers. You know, these are all allegations, right? Now... He's supposed to leave and, you know, he's leaving, supposed to go to Atletico Madrid. So this was yeah. breaking, breaking, I breaking know. Atletico Madrid. So it's a rival. I, I know. I know. And I'm just like, I kind of wish he was going out of, you know, I kind of wish he was going out of Spain and leaving Spain. So but, are you comfortable you know, with him making that transition to Atletico Madrid or would you rather him go outside of Spain to another rival like City, United, Liverpool, PSG, Juve? Like, where would you rather him go? Well, I think where I would want him to go is I'd rather he go to like an Italian club like a Milan, Right. That would be really good if you went to like AC Milan or something like that. Um, well, Zlatan's at AC Milan, so how would he fit in with Zlatan in that team? 
well, I mean, it could be like two strikers up front. That would be good. I think they're the same type of personality. So it's like. But at the moment, he's being linked with Atletico, where you also have um, Uruguay teammate of his, Cavani, also being linked that Diego Simeone mm-hmm. is trying to link up the two Uruguayans for, you know, their final song, you know, in the game, you know, play together at the club level as well as country, you know, kind of just go out together. So, Actually, I just checked. It is official. He is going to Atletico. So, wow. <clears throat> Here's the funny thing, right? So they gave him a list of four teams that he couldn't go to. He couldn't Which go to, are? Uh, um, he couldn't go to Man City, right? Okay. Couldn't go to PSG. Of course. Couldn't go to Real Madrid. I mean, we're not going no there. No brainer. Anyway. And he couldn't Can't. go to Man U, which he wasn't going to go to anyway. But, right? but, but, so, but this is the thing. This is the thing with that. Hold on. This is the thing. You're stopping him from going to Real Madrid because what? Mm. Because of what Figo did? How does that affect? No, like, no, no, you, no. You're no, canceling no. his contract. You're kicking him out of the yeah. club. He should be free to go where he no, wants. No, no, no. Uh, uh, no, uh, no. I can agree with, like, all the other places, but it's just like Liverpool. Liverpool put into his contract six years ago that he could not go to Man U. Like he, like, no matter even if you're a hundred years old, you cannot put on a Man U shirt. It's just, I mean, there's just certain things. I think okay, after that, if he happened, if he had went to if he had mm-hmm. went from Barcelona and then he went to say PSG, he could have done what Di Maria did. Di Maria wanted to go to PSG. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he wanted Real Madrid, but he had to go around. <clears throat> so he went a year, spent a year somewhere else, and then ended up getting the move he wanted a year later. No, no, he no. Could have done that. I, well, we, we would have a put in the contract no matter at one time. No, I think that was the contract. It was just like he cannot at any time go to Real Madrid. Like no matter if it's like two clubs later, three clubs later, no. No, because I think after the Figo thing, it was like this can never happen again never like so you know because even they were trying to reach out and say when when the whole Messi thing was going on they were trying to say that they wanted Messi to go to to real madrid and it's like no like are you crazy you know that's why i don't even want neymar back anymore because of how he even flirted with the idea of going to madrid like but he, he, if Killian goes to madrid he's gonna go to madrid so it'll be too no, for the price of one he, he, he shouldn't do that Cause it's like, how can you say you're a, a Barcelona legend? You know, you can't be a legend and then go to like the the ops. You can't do that. You know what I mean? Like prime example. Imagine? Stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. Prime example. The original Ronaldo is a legend at Milan, AC, Barca, and Real Madrid. But that was like different because it was like, I think that like people don't really. I don't know. It was just that was a little bit different. That just was a little bit. But he's different. a legend, though. But we at don't look at him as a. Four. We don't look at him as like a Barca legend. We look at like Ronaldinho as a Barcelona legend. So you like, saying just look the at original like Ronaldo? The original Ronaldo didn't do some stuff. No, he did. He Barcelona Barcelona Ronaldo was really really good, right? But. I think when it looks when they when it gets to like club legend status, you know, like Suarez, he played at a, he played at um he played with us for six seasons. You know what I mean? You can't just go from that and then just go on to the to the rivals. Imagine like Giggs and all them man at, at at the end of their career saying like, you know what, I'm gonna try it out at Liverpool. Like that's 
certain things you just don't do. You know what I mean? You just you just don't do. That's like uh, Tati leaving and joining Juventus or one of these other teams, which he had the opportunity to do. But I think it's like certain p- players, they just have that type of loyalty where it's like, nah, they're not going to do it. Like, for example, Coutinho, he said, nope. Not joining Man U. Suarez, he was like, never. Never would have joined Man U because of respect for Liverpool. Well, so every, it's like every, certain every, players every don't have that. It's not yeah, about I mean, having that. You can certain, tell the players that don't players have. are different. It's not. Yeah, it's not but I mean, it just shows in their character. Different. Like, like name. I, I, I wouldn't say it's a character thing. I would say it's about, I think it's you know, different. football is short. If you're trying to play for all the big teams, Zlatan did it. He played for AC, Juve. Like, he he did it. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's about who you are as a person. Like, you're that club as a person. You're not going to run around kissing the badge saying, this is my home, blah, 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 and then go play for the ops. But you do what you do at the team. You win what you win. And then you leave, go somewhere else. I mean. And do I what you like, do over there. Yeah, I feel like certain, like, there's certain places, like, you can't go. Like, if you're playing for Arsenal, you already know you're not going to play for Tottenham. If you're playing for Tottenham, you know you're not going to play for Arsenal. If you're playing for Man U, like there's certain rivalries. Like, but there are uh, players that you, you – these are the clubs you're naming. There are players that have done it. But it just shows that like – you know what I mean? Like this Adebayor. Is but look at him. Exact, exactly. Look at Adebayor. Do you, do you look at him as like a respectful like type of person? No. This is the guy that after he transferred to from, from, from Tingdere – from Arsenal to City, scores a goal and runs down to 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 jeer his. That's just just no class. Absolutely. What do you What do you mean? That's no class. That, that is the epitome of football. That's no, what you're supposed no, to do. No, that's you're supposed to jeer the other team because no, you used no, to be your, there and now your, you're somewhere no. else. You're supposed to show them. Look what you missed. No, you I would have still been with that? you. Uh, yes, Henri never did that. Henri he never did. But well, he would have if no. he had played against Arsenal. No, he, he just didn't. didn't. Did, did he? Did they play? Was Henri there when we played against? Ar- I think Henri was on the team when we played against Arsenal. I think so. He would have never ever done that. There's certain. That's what I'm saying. There's certain people, stand up people. You think if Giggs had left and went to another team, you think Giggs would have done? That? There's certain men that would. Ronaldo, right? Well. Yeah, exactly. Ronaldo. See, see, see. You're you're even proving the point. The more you talk, like Ronaldo would do it. Nah, he he didn't like. Okay, he wouldn't. He Ronaldo would never go to a Liverpool, right? He would never go to Liverpool. He even even like the first time when he came and he scored the goal. First thing he did, apologies. All right, the first and there's certain things. There's certain things that's like, yo, you you already know that. Like, nah, I, I gotta like, I can't do it. Certain players have class. That's something that's that's being left out in this modern game. Class. And I feel like certain players don't have that. I mean, look at a Neymar, right? Did you see what happened, uh, what was it, two weeks ago? Yeah, I saw the game. Yeah, when he's, like, going off with this other guy, he said the guy was being racist towards him. I, I don't know. All of a sudden, Neymar is like this. He's becoming pro-black and woke. It's, it's been proven. The guy... They picked it up on because remember there are no fans in the stand, so you yeah, can yeah. hear it. They picked it up. He did say some things. However, uh-huh. Neymar did racially abuse somebody else before that <laughs> happened. So 
You can't call somebody a Japanese something something, and then when somebody calls you a black monkey, you get mad. Like this guy's a clown, man. This guy's a real clown. I mean, like a couple years ago, he said he's not black. Well, he did an interview. I forgot who it was with. And he was like, they asked him, does he experience racism in football? And he was like, no, he doesn't experience racism. It's like, it's not like I'm black. Like, you know, that's what he said. All of a sudden now he's like Malcolm X. He's like, you know. Hey, people do things that benefit them when it benefits them. And if that can help, that's what they do. Exactly. Speaking of that, you know what that reminded me of when you said that? It reminded me of somebody who, like, I'm a big, big fan of, right? Okay. Kanye West, right? What about Mr. West? <laughs> Mr. West. Is that Mr. not his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it just reminded me of um when he did this whole contracting. It happened this last week, right? He put out like a hundred pages of his contract put it online and you know saying that the record label is like ripping him off and you know rights for the artists and everything like that. And it just, I don't know, you know, when you like certain things just click to you about a person, right? Okay. And I was just like, I like him as a designer, a creator, a musician, but I was like, yo, this dude is real selfish, right? But in that line of work, you have to be. How else are you going to make it to the top? True. But it's like, I could, no, that's true. That's true. But I looked at it and I was just like, huh, it's very interesting. Like, I think here's the thing. If a person is trying to, you just know that this is how they are. They're that type of person, right? They're selfish. They're this, they're that. It's like, all right, that person's selfish. But what is crazy when some people try to do this whole virtue signaling thing just to make you think that they're this righteous person, but they're not, they're really not about that. And they're only about benefiting themselves. You know, and that's what I noticed because he was talking about this whole contracting and when Taylor Swift was going through her whole thing, he was going against her. But now it's like, okay, I'm going to be the leader to fix this whole contract stuff. And then he put his contracts out for everybody to read. And then everyone's reading it and it's like, dude, you got a really good deal. Like I was reading through some of it and I was like, nah, this guy's so, so, so you're saying that he got a very good slave deal and it's okay because somebody else is paying him, but he should just be thankful because at least he gets paid. That's what you're saying. No, I'm saying it's a business. So if it's a business and he's trying to be his own businessman and own his own stuff, Mm -hmm. what is the problem? Because it doesn't work like that. Right. All right. So just because your, your father, AKA Jay Z, you know, sold off his stuff and, you know, did all this black ball (laughs) stuff to him. That's crazy. Cool, it's not my father, pops. just for the record. <laughs> Pop, pops, you know, Pop, pops did what he had to do. So you cool with it because that just means more for you. No, no, no. Here's what I'm saying, right? Like, people look at it only from the artist's point of view. And yes, there are certain things that the labels have to do to, to change. But I mean, the way you, this is a business, right? Say I'm an artist, right? You are the businessman, right? So, you know, you have the Patrick recording, uh, you know, LLC, whatever, whatever, right? You know, Patrick Jam Records, right? So I signed to Patrick Jam Records. And 
you invest two million dollars in me, right? Okay. You're giving me money on the front end, right? But you have to recoup that. If you look at all the deals that he obviously, yeah. But here's the thing: with his contracts, when you read them, what happened is like anytime he asked for money, he got money, right? He didn't do, okay. what, for example, like a Fifty Cent did, right? Fifty Which is Cent, what? he more he took money, like he he waited for like back end sales. He didn't just like take all this money up front because when that happens, you have to pay the labels. You know, you you have to pay the labels back, and that's why artists they mess up is because like. They look at it like, all right, I'm getting all this money and I'm just going to spend it. Like, this is what happened during the Puff Daddy days. I'm not saying that Puffy didn't do some like crazy stuff, but what would happen? Oh, speaking about bad boy here, be careful. No, 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 right? So, what Puffy did, right? Like, there's an artist that would come to him and, you know, he buys the car, he buys the this, buys the that. They're like, yo, people looking at it, it's like, that's my man's. You know, he just put me on. You know, he just bought me this chain. He just bought me this car. This, that. We in the studio. He like, yo, we gotta shoot the. Vi- we can't just shoot the video in New York. We gotta go to Miami. We gotta, we gotta get the yacht. We gotta get the girls. We gotta get the champagne. And it's popping. It's like, yo, this is it. Then when the when the when the album sales come and you only get like you know fifty thousand, you're looking at it like, yo, he robbed me. No, this these were investments. I bought you chains. I bought you this and that. It's. It's an investment, but guess what? A lot of artists is what they do. They look at the front end, they take that part of it, they take the deal, and not knowing that this is a business. You know what I mean? So when he's asking for his masters, he wants his masters back. I feel like, yeah, eventually he should get it back. But the record labels are gonna look at it as like, how are we supposed to make the money back? How are we gonna make but didn't they already make the money back? I mean, but like you want to make sure that you get a a real good return on your investment. You're not gonna. What's a real good return? I mean, I guess what the deal is saying is that, and, and here's the thing: this is what it was. He never restructured his deals. He never said, "All right, <clears throat> this is what I'm gonna do. I'm on album four. I need this, and I need the masters of you know my first album." And he didn't do that. He just kept on taking more money, and any amount of money that they asked for, you know. Um, he he gave them any type of money he asked for, they gave him when he wanted to do um, what was that album? The My Dark Twisted Fantasy. They gave him great album, album, great album. Yeah, they gave him like twelve million dollars to go he, the Yeezus album. They gave him so much money to go record in France and for a year. You know, it it was interesting, but it made me open my eyes to see that. Not everything is what it seems. And sometimes you look at somebody and say, all right, this is this person is just righteous and virtuous and everything. And, you know, it's like Mace. Mace told him, like, look, you're making fun. Like you used to make fun of me when I left and I went to the church and I did all of that. But look, you're doing the same thing. You owe me apology. And he apologized. But that's the music. Interesting. Music. Interesting. Interesting, because I could just simply say, looking at the uh, Master P documentary documentary that came out and seeing how he dealt with people as soon as they were like complaining they want to leave, he just said, hey, here's all your stuff you could leave. If you don't want to ride with a team, fine. We're going to ride without you. It's no bad blood. You don't see Matt, nobody going at Master P saying he owe my masters. He's this, he that. He trying to stifle my career. Like, 
Well, what is the problem? I mean, people kind of do say that. Like, I feel like anybody, if you're in a position where you give somebody some opportunity, you're going to always find some people that are going to have something to say, you know? Like, yo, you know, you you were this or you ain't do enough for me. Usually it's like you didn't do enough or I should be further down the line. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's how it is, though. Well, you can't say he didn't do enough for you. Or what did you do? Because mm. you're just there thinking, oh, he's going to do this and do that. Like, you got to put the work in. He's I mean, there to give people you are the scared, infrastructure. You know, some people are scared to like. Is that fair thing that comes in where people are afraid to you know do things on on their own? You know, that's that's a big part of it. That's a big part of it. People are scared. So then, yeah. switching switching that if if people are scared, then that sounds like that's a personal thing. But fear affects all of us, though. But what is? Your deepest fear. What is a time? I'm not gonna tell that, everybody that. <laughs> what, what is a time that you felt fearful? Man. Was the last time you remember feeling fearful of something or something happened that you're like, "Whoa, mm. you had to take a step back." All right. To be all right. So this is gonna be. Um, I'm gonna give like one or two examples, right? Like Go for it. fear, right? I think. Well, I don't know if I want to call it fear. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say that. But, um, I guess I can't tell everybody my deepest fear because now the whole world's gonna know. Oh, he's afraid of this. Now everybody's gonna know how to get me. You know. But I'll <laughs> help you get over it. No. Well, I mean, I'm gonna have to get over it real fast because <laughs> by the time this episode come out, like people are already gonna be plotting. I'm gonna have to figure it out real quick. You know, <laughs> that's that's what they say real quick. <laughs> I know, but I think I think the whole fear. I think one thing that affects everybody, especially this time right now, this year, everybody has to face their fear because of that uncertainty. You don't. It's like you almost like don't know what's gonna happen next, right? It's like you know the year started off where out of nowhere, boom, Kobe Bryant dies. Out of nowhere. And it's like, whoa. You know what I mean? He's just going about his day, living his life, then boom. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think at that point, especially when if, if it's somebody who's older, like an older person, you look at it, it's like, oh, well, you know, they live their life and, you know, or somebody was sick. It's like, you know, it's unfortunate, but you just look at it like that's something that happened. But when something unexpected happens, it just hits you. So I think with me, I think especially right after that, I was like, whoa, it just put everything to perspective and it almost made you like, you know, feel a certain type of way. Like, whoa, what's going to happen next? And the whole coronavirus thing came and then you see um, everybody's like, you know, business people being affected. You just see, you just like, what's going to happen? You know, what? it's just an uncertain time. The whole world is just scared you go to the grocery store everybody's running around crazy and wearing all these you know i mean everyone was wearing their masks but you see certain people and they're wearing like it's almost like look like hazmat suits and so it's just like all these things happen at once it just hits you it's like whoa you know and i think a lot of people is going through that 
people are facing the when with fear, it leads to the anxiety. That's another part of it. You know, because That's interesting. Now, not only there's that fear, then it's that because I think fear is like a thing that it, it, it strikes you and then it might go. But when it comes to anxiety, I think anxiety is something that it stays with you because you're just you. It just sits on you and just you just look at it and just say, oh, you know, this is happening. I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder if I'm ready for this. Okay, but right now you're not really answering the question because mm-hmm. I ain't even get an example. So <laughs> you said you're giving two examples. I just let you talk. I ain't heard nothing. So we're going to get right back to it. What is your examples of fear that right. you've experienced recently? Recently? Mm. Recent example of fear. Um, Recent is anywhere from the last year, two years. Like, you know what I'm saying? This year don't really count. So, say mm. like two, three years. I, I mean, I felt 2018 like 2018 to enough, now. You know? huh? I, thought, I thought this year was recent enough about fear. It's like, you know? Nah, nah, nah. This year don't count because you've been in the house. Everybody's going through for? this, you know? Like, so, it don't count if everybody going through it. Mm. That's collective. That's a shared thing everybody could talk about. I'm talking about something particular to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, hmm. Particular to me. Well, how can I put it? I mean, I I, I don't I don't really. I guess I guess anything I'm really to be honest. I think anything that I get fearful of. I just, I don't know. It's like I just push it into the closet and close the door, you know? So you don't deal with your fear. So you're letting your fear sit there and fester to come back and take over you. No, no, no. I like put it in the closet and like lock the door. So then it's like it's locked in that compartment and it's just like you're in so there. Like, so, so again, it's there uh-huh. that you haven't dealt with it. I mean, sometimes I think, I mean, here's the thing with life. I think that with life, you you know, you, life doesn't just stop so you can deal with certain things. So sometimes when certain things come, it's like, you're like, okay, I can't deal with that right now, but I'm, I'm not going to let it affect me, but I'm, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. So it's like, you just put it to the side and, you know. You close the door, you lock the door and everything and just keep it in there. And then you go about what you're doing. And then when you feel like, you know, things died down, then you might go to the door and lock it and then deal with it. But I, I mean, I feel how it really affects people is if people leave the door open and they let that fear or whatever come out and attack them while they're dealing with what they're dealing with. See what I'm saying? No, because you just bullshitting and ain't about got time for this shit. So recently I was driving... It was the, I was driving home from somewhere in Maryland uh-huh. and I noticed something in the corner of my eye uh-huh. and I was just like, yo, what the hell is that? And then as I'm driving, it's something in the car with me. And I'm just like, yo, I first what? it looked like it was outside of the windshield, but I wasn't sure. So I just keep driving, keep driving, seeing what's going on. Uh-huh. Then as I'm going past the streetlights, because it's kind of late at night, I'm going past the streetlights, I notice it's a spider. Mm. 
and I'm on the highway doing about 80. And it's a spider in the car, like coming down the rear view mirror that's like in the car. I'm just like, what the fuck? Mm. So then I'm like, quick, you know, when rear view mirror check, check the mirrors quick, make sure there's nothing there. And then just drastically start slowing down, watching the spider the whole time, pull over to the side, quickly jump out, go in the back, grab something to get the spider. Cause I was just like, bro, I, I don't like insects. I don't like bugs. That shit's just not cool. Like had to get out of there. Calmly got out of the car, grabbed the stuff, located the spider, killed it, carried on. But that was crazy because I know other people that something like that would happen and there would be an overreaction while driving, which could cause an accident. Mm-hmm. Now you're dead or somebody else is dead because of your lack of composure and control in that situation. So that was just crazy recently. Uh, the one time before that that I was a bit of a bit of fearful, anxious, uh, mixed in together was my first trip to the UK. Mm-hmm. I was heading there on my way to the airport, literally like my hands were sweating. I was just like, yo, what the hell? Like, what's going on? My hands are sweating. I'm just like, yo, I'm really headed to the UK. I have nobody there. Mm. Like, what am I doing? Like, if something happened, who do I call? Because I watch a lot of UK shows, so I'm watching, like, Luther and all the cop Mm -hmm. shows in the UK, where it's like, these people are killing people. I'm just like, yo, what the hell? So, get to the get there on my way there i saw a video about fear from somebody on instagram like really kind of help control everything and like just get a reality check it was fear because of it was the unknown so got over it got there started having a great time went to the matches toured the stadiums felt like i was at home (laughs) and this was in manchester then i went down to london going around taking pictures at night doing my thing you just just and, just like all over london yeah so just everywhere and this one particular incident like it still pops up in my head when i think of going to take night pictures now sure. like you see london as like based off the shows i watch like London's cool, but then the shows I be watching be like, yo, you be out at night, some crazy white dude walk up behind you, mm-hmm. it's a wrap. You either in his basement or you dead, homie. Like nobody gonna know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm on London Bridge right by Big Ben. I'm angling the camera, long exposure, taking pictures of the London Eye, mm-hmm. different angles to, you know, sell it. Then I sense, because you have that inner person inside you that says, yo, something's up. Like, head up, swivel, like, do what you need to do. Something's off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that happened. And I literally look behind me. There's an older 
white guy about six three mm. standing behind me. He's six three white guy. Mm-hmm. Looks to be probably 50, 60 something. Mm-hmm. And it was is I think this was like February, March. So it was still cold. So he had on a jacket and he had on like a hoodie over him. And dude just stood behind me. Whoa. And I don't know how long he was there for because I was focused on what I was doing. So I didn't pre how long he was there for. Uh-huh. Then the next thing I know, I look up and he's there. And I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? Jeez. And again, strange place. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who this dude is. I don't know nothing. So I'm just like, yo, what's good? And then it's like, you're not trying to get intimidated. So it's like, yo, put a little bass in the voice. I'm like, what's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This dude, this dude does not blink, does not look at me. He's just looking straight ahead as if he's in some kind of trance. Dude, I just picked up my my tripod with the camera, relocated in front of Scotland Yard, and just kept going. I was just like, <sighs> nah, nah, right? And the, the the location I was in, it was kind of dark too. So I was just like, oh yeah, hell yeah. no, yeah. you ain't about to catch me out here like that. Nah. First time in the UK, get got? Nah, nope. So that that really like reminded me like just this conversation reminded me of that. I'm just like, yo, that, that was the one thing that happened to me in the UK that had me like, yo, but because I kind of know how the scene is set. I was just like, all right, boom, move, go here. The cameras are here. All right, we good. Cause they got CCTV everywhere in the UK where I was initially. I don't recall seeing any, mm. but I know we're right in front of Scotland yard directly across from the London eye. I know it's some CCTV in front of that building. So I was like, if anything, I'll be safe here. We good. And that space was more well lit and everything like that. I was like, all right, I feel more comfortable here. But after that, the rest of the trip, we walk in, head on a swivel, have a little pocket knife or whatever we got to do, ready. Because you never know, man. Like, you watch these shows, people just be out here doing crazy shit. Why? Just cause like they have nothing else to do. They just like, yo, I need to kill something tonight. Some some freaking um Sherlock Holmes solve the crime shit. Like, yo, I'm gonna go kill somebody and then come solve this shit. Like Dang. I mean, I think the fact that the person didn't say anything, that would have made it like real like he was just looking not blinking because they're like okay now i feel like i'm dealing with something else now you know like if it's somebody who's like being aggressive i think i would be more comfortable dealing that because it's like you can meet the aggression with aggression but if it's like somebody you know you get into that aggressive space and then the person is just calm and just looking at you i'd be like all right i don't know how to deal with this <laughs> wow it's, uh, it's wow crazy, so what are you saying that we shouldn't we shouldn't go to the uk i'm not saying that i'm just saying if you go anywhere always keep your head on this field i had my hood on it was cold so mm-hmm. i was trying to stay warm i wasn't paying attention to my surroundings which that's my fault mm-hmm. i know better should have done better but i didn't luckily that situation worked out for the best 
and we're here to talk about it. But yeah. at the same time, you can't you can't go to foreign countries and not, you know what I'm saying, have your head out, knowing what you're doing, keeping keeping your eye out, you know, looking around because you f- your your internal self defense tells you when something is off. Yeah. You should never ignore that. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. even driving, you'll be driving, you'll be going fast. And the car will do something, and your internal gut will say, "Yo, slow it up." Yep. Yeah, let's not push there's this. We don't know what's going on. There's something behind that. There's there must be some sort of like, I don't know what the word to call it, like science or something. I heard that even um, in the military, they they have this thing where if you're sneaking up on somebody, they say to look down because I don't know how I know this, right? <laughs> but if you're if you're um, approaching someone, you should look down because when you look up and you're looking at somebody, the person they can, can feel, feel that. They, they can feel that you're looking at them. No. That's why like, even like if you in class or in the auditorium or something like that, you just feel like somebody's looking at you. And you just look up and you see who it is. Like mm. You felt that. It's yeah. a different type of connection that's different. Like. Yeah, that's that's different. But I mean, today, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna keep it uh we're gonna keep it calm and peaceful on the uh, podcast. I think uh, in previous weeks, I think we might have said certain things that might have been um, it might have gotten some members of our audience upset. So, what do you think? From now on, we're just gonna keep it PC and just not ruffle any feathers. Are we gonna do that? No. Mm. If you if you don't like the heat in the kitchen, it's simple. Get out the kitchen. Wow. Wow. So I guess I guess there we have because I I thought what we we're gonna do is like just keep it PC, just you know. Nah. If you if you if you have through if the you have something going and it's being controversial, you got your foot on somebody's neck. Mm. Apply a little pressure. Uh oh. All right. I guess I guess. Uh, I guess that's what we'll do. Um, this is breaking news. This is like a breaking news uh, thing live on our podcast because this is actually going on right now. All right. So um, that whole Breonna Taylor situation, you know, crazy situation. They announced the verdict. And I believe from what I saw, I quickly glanced at the news just now. And it said the verdict was not guilty. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Like, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen? Because even a day or two before I saw that the mayor of that city was putting in like a whole state of emergency because, you know, just in case of the verdict from, I saw that I was like, all right, it's going to be not guilty because they're already planning. They already know what the verdict is going to be. And they're just making sure that, you know, you know, the place doesn't get, burned down or all of these things so you know i see some people saying that the nba uh playoffs or what's going on right now all football games all sports games should stop and you know i think there's probably gonna definitely be more protests i can even guarantee there's gonna be more riots so what do you think about all that you know the verdict and all that's gonna possibly more than likely happen in the next couple of days and going on to next week what do you think listen 
this whole situation is very controversial. Mm. It's very political. It's mm. very targeted. It's very triggering. Mm. And it's also very planned and calculated. So this is just one of those things that it's really sad that it happened. Mm -hmm. But you have to look at the bigger picture of why it's happening, when it's happening, and what's going on with it. I don't think people are going to want to hear that. People don't always like to hear the facts. I mean, this is why this is male reasoning. I guess this is what the whole intent of our podcast is about, to talk about things that are triggering and things that, um, you know, you most likely won't hear from other people. So I agree with you. I think that it's almost like, why now? Why is a lot of this stuff coming out now? And it's like, I think they, I don't want to say they, they, they know what's going to be taking place in other cities. Like there, there's going to be these massive riots. There's probably going to be a lot of, you know, protesting, more protesting. It's going to come back. And uh, cause I think everything kind of died down a little bit, but I think now it's going to come back onto the forefront. And, you know, I, I, I try to stay off of social media, but I'm seeing a lot of, you know, Everyone's a social media activist right now. Everybody, you know, you can't go on social media and, you know, go through any stories and, you know, you see everyone protesting or having something political to say. You know, everyone is a commentator. Everyone is an analyst. It's 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 just interesting. It's it's really sad. They the wow it's this is one of those things that you know why it's happening you know mm -hmm. why it's happening when it's happening and this is all because of reactionary measures they know that they do this it'll be reactionary it's going to be on the news they're going to be protests they're going to be riots mm -hmm. they're going to be there's going to be a lot of stuff that's now going to take the forefront away from what really matters, which is the Senate voting on the next mm. Supreme Court justice. Look at the timing of when this mm. is coming out. What is this going to do? Now Trump's going to be able to elect whoever he wants, and nobody's going to talk about it because, yo, the rioting's happening. Yo, the protest is happening. Like, you have to pay attention. The misinformation, the misdirection, the slip of hand, it's all magic. They do it. They put out things the same week because what the Senate said they're going to do this this weekend. They're going to appoint whoever he needs because they have the majority of the votes. Nobody's going to know what's happening because ain't nobody paying attention to that part because everybody's focused on what's happening over here. But you're not looking at what's happening over here. like it's, it's all calculated, man. Wow. You know, I'm, I got to say, you know, you gave a good recommendation. I think it was last week you were talking about it. Uh, Candace Owens's book, Blackout. I started reading it. I'm on like, what, chapter two or three? Very okay. good. I, I don't know why I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to skip over it. Like, you know, I probably know what this you is Never about. do that. Exactly. Do That's that. what I told myself while I'm reading. I said, I can't do this in the future. Like, skip over, you know. Just think like, okay, yeah, I know what this book is going to be about. It was very, very good. It's so far so good. And I'm glad she, you know, got into the background story about her life and, you know, her family, her upbringing and what shaped the thoughts and the person 
that she is now. And I think it's a good book. It's a, it's really good. But she's she's going into the history of the two parties, and she's really going to some historical stuff, laying out facts. So I, I I like the book. I think it's I think it's so far so good. You know, it's very it's a very very good book. Um, since finishing that book, I've transitioned over into finishing two other books this mm. week. Um, the first is uh, what is this? One second, pulling up the title here. It is. You're called, flying through books like crazy. Well, when you have time, that's what you do. Mm. Amusing ourselves to death. Public discourse in the age of TV show business. Mm. The second book, I just finished it like literally in two hours before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfuck your boundaries. Wow. That's. Uh two very interesting books to give you different perspectives. The amusing yourself to death is talking about how the television has replaced traditional forms of education, how we have conditioned our kids to sit in front of the TV for hours to watch programs like Sesame Street, Mm -hmm. that it has not statistically been proven to help in any child's learning since it's been on TV, but because of the programming of it, we allow our kids to sit mindlessly in front of the TV because it allows them to not be a problem and burden on us. And it it, it goes into a lot of the reasoning why you have religious programming on TV that is more geared for TV than for the religious context of which it's supposed to be geared. You have an aspect where it's talking about why TV shows are made the way they are so that at any point in the show, you can pick up the show without knowing prior history or knowledge of anything that's going on before because the shows are made in a way that you can jump in any show at any episode and it should be enough to attract you to continue watching that show like if you look at how the shows are made they're not made in a way that you need as if you were reading a book you would need to know the stuff that came in chapter one and two to fully understand the context of what's going on in three and four Mm. tv shows aren't made like that if you just jump into the show you don't really need to know the backstory of the characters because again they're just characters so you could just jump in a show this is just throwing out a show two and a half men's been on tv for quite some time you could jump in that show at any point and pick up and just keep watching without ever watching the first season without ever watching the first two seasons and you wouldn't feel like you missed anything because the entertainment aspect of it kept you entertained for what it needed to do that's that's really you got you got all of that from that book it was that's what it was talking about um, it was talking about that and a lot other stuff. I don't want to bore the listeners to death about books that I'm reading. Um, the other book, however, uh-huh. on Fuck Your Boundaries, that book really opened up my eyes to how we allow people to step on our toes in a sense, mm. how we allow others to like do stuff and, oh, 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 yeah, I could do this for you. Oh, I could do that even though you might really not want to do something, but 
you allow somebody to take advantage of you in a slight way that you view as, oh, it's just this little thing. But little things build up and over time it becomes big things. So you have to protect yourself. You're the only person responsible for yourself. You have to protect your mental, your physical, and your emotional well-being. Hmm. So you have to do what you need to do. And if that means telling people no, and there are two ways you could tell people no, you can, hey, James, let's go to, I don't know, let's go to the store. Mm -hmm. I could respond, oh, no. Or I could be like, oh, no, I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. So it's two ways you you respond to something when somebody asks. You either give an excuse or you just be straight with it. People are conditioned to not be able to take when somebody's just being straight to the point. If you ask, hey, do you want to do this? And they say no, it's rude if they just say no. If they don't give you an excuse as to why they can't do it, then you take it personal like they're rejecting you personally. When they're not rejecting you personally, they're just rejecting the suggestion that you made to do something, which has nothing to do with you. I guess, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> I guess, so what was it saying that there's something wrong with, there's something wrong with, with uh, using the excuse uh, method? It wasn't, it wasn't saying something is wrong. Uh, it was more so highlighting the differences of the way people approach protecting boundaries. And, you know, the quirks and all this stuff involving how to go about doing it correctly and incorrectly. Mm. Because when it comes to the whole excuse method, I think that that is that is a way to show show tact because, you know, a lot of people are easily offended. And that is a way that, you know, it can ruin relationships depending on who the person is if it's something that you don't really somebody you don't know that well or you don't care about it's easy to do that but when it's somebody that you are in some sort of relationship with whether it's spouse uh, girlfriend boyfriend family member friend or somebody close close associate it's not as easy to do something like that because you know everybody everyone's personality is different and while somebody you might be able to say that no to a person that's just like flat out no. Um, and it's, you know, that person understands that it's no hard feelings, it's no issues. To somebody else, you do that and then there's there's that feeling of slight. And not everyone's going to see it that way that, oh, this person's not really rejecting me. They're more like not everybody's like that. So it's like you have to know how to handle different personalities. So I think sometimes when you know the type of personality you're dealing with, you you, do, you use that mechanism because that might lead into a whole, uh, you know, different problem. You know, you say, you know, okay, no, because at the end of the day, both of the answers are no. But sometimes it's like, okay, saying no in this type of way it prevents another problem from happening. Okay, you're both you're at the end of the day both answers are no. But if you were to say that flat no, that doesn't stop the issue, that creates a new issue. But if you say, 
okay, no, or you know what, I'm not sure, or, you know, you're still saying no. You know inside yourself that you're saying no, and you're conveying that to the person that you aren't going to be able to do whatever they want you to do or anything like that, but that prevents another issue from arising. That's how I look at it, because that's usually what happens. It all depends on the person's personality that you're dealing with. Because, for example, if somebody's dealing with you, somebody could say that flat no or say yes or whatever. And you would understand because your personality, you aren't going to look at it in that type of way. You're not going to look at it as I'm going to take it as a personal slight. Somebody else now, they would. You see what I mean? Right. But it's all, that's why if more people read the book and understood how to approach conversations about boundaries would have you know the easier time but the problem is Mm -hmm. nobody is willing to go that extra step to figure out okay this isn't an attack this isn't personal it's just i don't know what they have going on like i was talking to a friend today and someone is like oversharing certain things and they're like yo your sharing is in a sense, crossing a boundary because you know something that I'm dealing with and going through, but the stuff you're sharing with me is causing me more angst. So they they, they don't know how to really deal with that. I'm just like, it's a matter of perspective in a sense because you have to also understand that, hey, what they're doing isn't personal. It's just their, their opinion and their view of it, mm-hmm. which that's kind of the biggest issue now is like, how do you convey your message? Because you could say something and somebody will firstly hear it, how they want to hear it, Mm -hmm. view it, how they choose to view it, isolate parts of it that they choose to, instead of hearing the entire message that's being delivered. Mm -hmm. Whose fault is that? Is that the fault of the messenger or of the recipient i mean because it depends at, too, at, because... that, at that point it's it, i said something mm. and if you isolate the words on paper you can't get offended by that mm-hmm. but if you want to take those same words to mean something that is more detrimental you can isolate whatever words triggered you in that sense and run with that because you want to feel that way. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's um it's it's very it's very how can I put it? It's very tricky because as I said, it's it's all about people's personalities. You know, some people can handle that directness and other people's other people they're not going to be able to. I think most of the world you know, they're not going to be able to handle that. And that's why they have that whole, you know, speaking with, with tact, you know, because you know, certain people, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to say it in a certain type of way where it, your message comes across at the end of the day, you don't compromise the intent of the message. All right. If the answer is no, at the end of the day, you're still trying to convey that you aren't going to do X, Y, Z. 
you know, X, Y, Z is not going to happen, but without creating a whole new situation, because that's usually what will happen. Because now you're going to have to deal with that person's issues and back and forth. Okay. Okay. That's that person's issues. That's that person's insecurities. That's that person's feeling of neglect and unwant. I didn't say I was doing any of that to mm -hmm. you. I just said I wasn't interested in doing this thing that you want to do. So why are you putting all of those other emotions from childhood trauma Mm -hmm. onto me in this instance? That's not fair. That's true. But But the fact that people tend not to deal with childhood trauma, tend not to deal with Mm -hmm. adult trauma to stuff that has happened to them. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to sit back and reflect and look, go see a therapist if you need to Mm. and and deal with your issues so you don't bring additional issues to situations. If you're not willing to sit back and be accountable and be like, okay, I messed up here or I did this wrong. I need to correct this behavior, blah, blah, blah. If you're not willing to do that, then like, what's the point? Okay. I have an interesting question. So, you know, this is male reasoning. And what's your stance on men going to therapy? Do you think, do you believe men should uh, see a therapist? Do you think all men should get their mental health checked out? A clean bill of mental health? Should men go and, you know, because usually, you know, a lot of men who are old school are going to say, listen, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to see no therapist. I'm not going to sit down and have somebody talk to me and tell me about what they think I should do about my life. I'm not going to tell anyone who doesn't know me, my personal, you know, things that are going on with me, you know, you know, some men who are from that John Wayne school of thought, you know? Okay. So what do you think? Do you think that men should go and get therapy? Um, yes, they should. I've, I did it in college. Mm. It, it wasn't for me. So I've been able to figure out and find other ways of dealing with that aspect of my life. Therapy isn't for everybody, but I think everybody should try it and see if it is for them. Mm. You can't say something's not for you if you never tried it. You can't have an opinion on something if you never tried it. Like Mm. I don't eat seafood because I'm allergic, but before I became allergic, I was forced to eat fish and all these other types of seafood, and I just never liked it. It didn't sit well with me or anything. All type of all type of seafood is allergic. That is correct. Even what about sushi? Is that from the water? Uh huh. So then the answer is yes. Oh wow! So, but until you try something that's hopefully not going to kill you try it and see then keep it moving but everybody's different i saw an interesting quote um that said when's the first time that when's the last time that you tried something for the first time i really that really like spoke to me so what was your answer to that question I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't think about that. I couldn't think of when was the last time I tried something for the first time, you know? I couldn't, I couldn't think of a, I like, you know, when you see something, you think about it and you're like, wow, that's, 
That's interesting. And then you try to think and you realize that you can't go by that can't go back that far. And so you're just like, okay. And then you just move on. Like you're like it's it's that whole closet scenario. And you put it in the so closet. You just, you just put it in the closet. Yeah. So from what I'm hearing uh-huh. is that you have a lot of stuff that all you tend to do is one second the ambulance is going by, you know, saving lives is important. Um, that's how we know we, we, we've had a good podcast because if the ambulance doesn't go by you know this is this is important like that's the that's like the signature uh like ringtone or something yeah signature sound <laughs> so i'm hearing that you have a lot of stuff in a closet mm. but i haven't heard you say that you go into the closet to clean it out a little bit by a little bit so, you know a little so, bit so when is it that you tackle these issues that you keep putting in the closet it's like you open the closet, you see what's in there, and then you're like, okay, we're going to deal with this one right now. You take it out and you put it on the shelf and you dust it off or you deal with it or throw it out the window or smash it or whatever you have to do. And then, yeah, because you can't deal with everything all at once. Oh, my goodness. Your world will come crashing down. You don't have time to do that. You know what I mean? So I think – and I think that's what with everyone. I think everyone has a closet or multiple closets and then you just deal with things a little at a time because i mean you you can't open all the doors and deal with everything that's when you i mean you're gonna lose it you know interesting (laughs) so you are dealing with your your traumas and your issues oh I, i don't like to call it trauma i don't like to Again, if you don't identify something as what it is, how can you ever deal with it and overcome it? That's true. That's true. I just issues. I you know issues because everyone has issues. I don't. I just certain words. You know, because here's the thing with words. Words are very important, and a lot of words it brings certain type of connotation to it. You know, so if you okay. say trauma, it just sounds. It sounds like something you would never want to deal with. But if you say issues or items that's like oh okay that's i can deal so with an item name it something yeah that's a bit easier for you to stomach yeah let's say it's like all right for example if if you have a child i don't have a child but i mean i can just Uh-oh. imagine no i don't but it's like say if you are feeding your child vegetables and you're saying you got to eat your greens you got to eat your vegetables you know, like that might be like, oh, yuck, you know, I don't want to eat vegetables, blah, blah, blah. But then if you tell your child, like, listen, we're going to, these are, you know, power stones or these are, this is like our, this is like our, what you call it, power checkpoint, you know, you change the word and then now it's easier to deal with. Now it's not this yucky green vegetable that I don't want to eat. It's my power tool, power, power right. checkpoint, you know. But then the question for that side, this is a really side question, Mm. is where do kids get that idea that vegetables are bad and don't want to eat it? I never understood Mm. that. I've always loved vegetables myself. Mm. So I never really understood where the connotation came from that kids don't like vegetables and vegetables are bad. Hmm. I, you know what I think it is? Here's what I think it is. And this is, I mean, this is why I love this podcast because it really makes us like unpack a lot of things. I think that what happens is, right? 
it's not that you totally dislike vegetables, but when you're eating your meal, that's not like the first thing you want to tackle. Here's where I think the problem happens. You're eating the stuff that you really, really like first. An adult will notice, your parent notices that this is not what you want to eat, right? Like, like the parent noticed that you're not eating that yet. And so here's what the parent starts doing. You have to eat that. You have to make sure you eat that. So now it's like, whoa, like, do I really want to eat this? Or like, you know what I mean? Because once you tell somebody you have to do it, they're going to find a way to not do it. You know, you have to do this. So I think it's the approach because once a parent, because you might have been getting around to it, but they see that you're skipping it. And they just think, oh, you're just trying not to eat it all together. And even if you're doing that, right, they can, there's another way to deal with it. But once they start dealing with it in that authoritative, you must eat, you know, then it's like, all right, now when I see this, I'm going to push it to the side. I'm really not going to eat it. And it's going to be a fight. And it usually is for parents and kids. It's like this whole war and it's becomes a, you know, me versus you. Okay. It's like, okay, I'm, I know I'm going to surrender, but not until like, you know, I make you yell, shout and, you know, your energy, you know, take away, you know, 90% of your energy and you're feeling tired and it's going to be a war, you know? Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) You know, these illustrations and, and scenarios are so funny, you know? They are. They really are. It's just interesting to see. and Because I, only child, I don't really know what it's like for other kids. So mm-hmm. I have to ask these questions to find out what life is like on the other side. So Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I know all about that. Like, I know, you know... And I and it's interesting what we're talking about with the whole perspective, um, like different um, personality traits, and diff- everybody has their different personalities because that's what it is. Like when you're a parent, and you have kids. Each, or if you have brothers and sisters, each brother and sister or each sibling has their own personality, and so parents sometimes what they do is they try to have that they try to deal with everyone the same and you can't because everyone has a different personality what you might say something to one person and they take it in one way and they can deal with that but you might say that same thing to that other person it's like it goes right over their head because they only heard like one sentence sometimes that's me sometimes that's me (laughs) wow okay yo that is sometimes unpacking you're really sharing you said what happened? So you're unpacking. You're really sharing. Yeah, I mean, I guess because I know that we're we're you know at the end of the podcast, so we can't get into that. So it's like now I can just like say a little bit because I know we have to. Yeah. <laughs> Our people are telling us that we have to wrap up. So I guess now I know that I can say things because we can't really really unpack our suitcase, you know. Okay, well, I'll make sure to keep note, and that'll be the topic to start off next week. Yeah, well, well, ho- hopefully not. But you know, this was a really good. This was a really good uh, talk. We really, I really feel like I learned a lot. What were the two books you were saying? Just in case any of our listeners and myself w- would like to read the book for um, the next week. 
Um, so the first one is Amusing Ourselves to Death mm -hmm. um, by Neil Postman. It's an older book. I believe it was written in 1985, uh -huh. I want to say. So it's a very old book. However, it's really good. And the other book is Unfuck Your Boundaries. Mm. Also a very good book. Mm. That's that that sounds that just sounds like it's gonna be good. And then also if anybody hasn't uh finished reading uh, or started reading the book um uh by Candace Owens. What what is it called again? Um Blackout. Blackout, right? Blackout. Blackout. Black That's Candace a good Owens. book. Check it out too. And then also Leaving the Republican Sorry, the, leaving the Democratic plantation. Interesting. Yeah, it's a good book. And also to all the tea people, you know, check out Harneys and Sons. That's some really good tea. You said you're not going to try it, right? That's correct. Even uh, if I like gonna... ship it to your house, uh, please don't. Okay. I'm a minimalist, so I <laughs> it, tend to. It, you know what? It'll look good. It'll look good. I'm not about the look. I'm about the aesthetics and usability of things. Mm. So I don't really care about it looking good. If I, if I don't use it, I, I tend to get rid of it. See, now I'm going to be offended by the no that you just gave me. So well, that's <laughs> your perspective. You can be offended. I just told you my lifestyle choice of uh -huh. being a minimalist. And if that offends you, uh -huh. that has more to do with you and less to do with me. I, I think with that, I'm going to run off and be offended. And um, I think that's how we're going to end today. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, go forth and be offended. <laughs> me and everybody else in the world. We're going to just, you know, but this was good. This was good, guys. Guys, we're, we're, we're happy that you joined us. Uh, definitely continue to check us out. Uh, we have a new cover art coming very, very soon. So look out for that. Definitely check this out on uh, all your streaming platforms. Definitely Spotify so you can hear the, the music and all the different things that goes into it. We thank you for your time. Uh, definitely share it. Please, please, please help us to grow even more than we're growing right now. We, we have a lot of people listening in. We want more people to listen. So definitely share, spread the word, male reasoning. Even if you're not a male, you can listen as well. You know, we, we welcome feedback and all that good stuff. So until next week, I'm James and he's Patrick and we're out. Thanks, you guys.